0: So good morning again. Today's a special day. We were going to have an outside service. I know people are looking. It's like, well, it's not raining. We could be out there now. Susie and I made the decision that we would probably just do it inside. So that's why you probably smell food, right? I've been pastoring here long enough to know that when food is being served after a service, that my message needs to be short and sweet. Because I'll know I'll lose half of you within the first five minutes <laughs> trying to figure out what what's cooking back there. So I promise it will be short and sweet. So I just wanted to, before I get into this, I, I had an opportunity this week that came to me. Somebody sent me a message on Facebook asking if I would meet a lady, a grandmother and her, and her grandson with their other grandkids and pray for them. He's dealing with some issues that... Um, don't look good for him that he was born with and I said of course and I met them here and they walked into this church and I prayed for this little guy and um, he was just he just lit up he was a it was just such a precious moment and and it's what seemed like just something that just took place real quick and we ended and we prayed together and I gave them some cookies that I found back here and um, (laughs) I made sure they were good I tasted them so after that was over and they left, I just, I just kept thinking, you know, we talk about raising the next generation. And what, if, what happens if we fail in that? And one day, somebody needs prayer, and there's no place for them to go. Yes, they can, they can pray to the Father. God hears every one of your prayers. You don't have to be a pastor to pray. You don't have to be a pastor to heal, heal anybody. You just have to ask God because God does all the things. But it just, for me, it was just like, I just thought about that. I'm like, we can't fail. And, and so I started thinking in the, those lines. And we've been doing this Jesus 2020 series that Winchester's doing. I'm taking a little bit of a pause, but I'm keeping that same thing going. Because one of the things that I worry about the most is unity. And we, we look at that today. We can see everywhere. It's crazy out there. It's, it's, you know, living in this country. I have friends of mine from other countries ask me all the time. It's, what's going on in America? I have no idea. But I was drawn to this scripture that I read to you guys last week from John 17. It says, now I am departing from the world. This is Jesus talking to, his, to, to the Father, praying to the Father. One of the last prayers to the Father he gave. He said, now I'm departing the world. They are staying in this world, talking about his disciples. But I am coming to you, Holy Father. You have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. Unity was paramount in this situation. Jesus prayed for unity. And this is important because when he was praying to the disciples, he knew what they were going to be faced with very shortly after he was gone. It wasn't going to be pretty. They weren't going to be able to come to a nice building and have food waiting for them after the service. If anything, they would have to run because they would be stoned or worse. Just for telling who Jesus is. Jesus didn't pray that they would not suffer that way, but instead he prayed that they would become united. And picking up in verse 20, it says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That's you and I today. So he's praying for unity with us as well. I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. This is a real powerful prayer. Jesus praying to his Father. As I said last week, notice what he didn't talk about. He didn't say, "Father, give me the strength to get through this. Give I don't want to feel the pain. Father, I, just take that pain away from me because I know it's coming." He didn't. He prayed for unity for us. All of them, everyone. Why? So the world would see not the inside church, not inside the church. We, we kind of are united. I'll get to that in a moment. But the world would see from the outside that there's something different about this movement that follows Jesus. They're united. That they would notice that we're unified under one truth, and that truth is God and Jesus Christ. This prayer was not for himself or any government, for kings, queens, emperors. It was for each one of us to love each other and be united. His prayer was not that only Republicans or only Democrats would be elected to higher offices. His prayer was not for America or any other country. His prayer was that we would be united through him. It doesn't mean that we can't support a candidate. I've told you this. It doesn't mean you cannot run for office, go for it. I encourage that. We need more Christians in there. That's not what he's saying. He's saying at the end of the day, our unity must only be in who Jesus is, was, and what he's done. It supersedes anything else on this planet. In other words, everything else we believe and work for and do come after our commitment to Jesus. Why is that? Because any kingdom, government, empire, or man of man, will not last. And most importantly, we cannot be saved by any of those. What unifies us is something eternal. The lives we build on earth here, the empires, the kingdoms, the countries, they are ephemeral, meaning they are ever-changing and they will not ever last. So yes, go and vote. Some of you already have. Vote for someone that you feel will do right by you and by by this nation. Someone that you think represents the best. But I'm encouraging you to be unified in Christ alone. How do we do this? We back up in John 13. And Jesus was telling them, listen, I'm giving you a new commandment. He says, so now I give you a new commandment. And that, lo- and that commandment is love each other. Love each other. One of the songs we sang talked about love being the foundation. Loving one another. But, but before that verse ends, Jesus throws in this caveat. He says, love each other just as I have loved you. And you should love each other that way. See, because we all have our ideas and our versions of love. You know, we love that. I, you know, I love donuts. You all know that. Um, we we throw that word around very lightly, you know, when we're dating, when we're little and in our teens. Oh, I love this person. It's like you don't know love until you've gone through a lot of other stuff. We throw that word al- around a lot. But Jesus said, don't just love, but love as I have loved you. Why is that important? Because he explains in the next verse. He says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. See, the love that he has for us is, it's unbelievably and hard to imagine. All these, the disciples, we could talk about them for weeks. I mean, they were just an odd bunch. And they were by far these, you know, little um, People just walking around, just being obedient. No, they they had attitudes. They gave Jesus a hard time. They complained. They did things they weren't supposed to. Jesus didn't push them off. He loved them all the same. The world needs and craves unity right now. Not just Christians, but the world. Not just the United States, but the world craves unity. Of all of the places that they're supposed to see this unity, it should be in the church. The very proof that we are truly disciples, followers, or students of Jesus is unity. Sadly though, church unity went out the window shortly after Jesus rose again. We started having differences of opinion on what man thought the church should look like and act like and be like. We started separating and promoting our own versions of church. Today we have over 200 versions of Christ's church. We call them denominations, and that's just in the United States. And we literally try to promote our versions of church as a product, hoping to get more people inside our doors and boast about how many show up each Sunday. That is the opposite of unity. So when the world looks at the Christian church as just another organization of man, they have a valid point in that. How are we different if we are just as divided as every other man-made organization out there? Now, I'm not talking about the church as an ecclesia of what Jesus created. I'm talking about our organizations of church we are divided and just as a new news flash not everyone in our church this church not everyone in this church seated here today is a republican and not everyone in our church is a democrat did jesus ask us to rally rally around political party he did not he asks us to unify under the name of jesus christ with the same love for others as he loved us. That means unconditionally. I know you didn't expect this from me today, right? I was going to have, have something related to food. But I really, felt this, <laughs> I really felt this on my heart, you know, severely for the last couple days. And, you know, you see the news and you see the, just the division. It's just unlike anything I've ever seen in all of my 50 years. But yet, it's here, and it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. And I'm telling you right now, man is not going to have an answer for this. There's not going to be any plan that any political party can put forth that's going to bring people together. So where are they going to look? They need to look at the church. And if we're not unified here, if the churches aren't unified, if we're not supporting one another... And we let all the stuff get in the way of this is how we do this. And this, well, because you do this this way or because you baptize somebody this way and I baptize somebody this way, we're going to put a division line there and it's going to be different. And we're going to go here because that's the best way to baptize. Jesus doesn't care. Dunk them in water, spray them. I don't, it doesn't, it's, it's, it's the act. We get so caught up in these petty little things that just divide us. And then we all of a sudden, we're just annoyed, and we really don't know why, but we just know that we can't go to this church because somebody told me a while ago it was different than ours. And everybody out in the world is looking for something different, and we're not different right now. We're the same. We're the same. And this season right now that we're in has just amplified that fact. we got to get back to who Jesus is to how he loved us, and we got to love other people the same. Now, right away, you're thinking about people that, oh, I can't love them the same. You don't know these people. <laughs> I get it. I understand. They're difficult people, but to love somebody doesn't mean you have to go up to them every day and have a, you know, just a friendly conversation. You love them where if they ever came to you, they never needed anything, no matter what grudge you held in the past, you would come up and say, I can help you, brother or sister. What can I do for you? I haven't talked to you in 20 years. I know we left off on a bad on bad terms, but I know you're hurting. What can I do? And immediately they're going to think, well, what's the catch? Let's let's face it. We've all been there, and we think that too. Sometimes we can't have a catch in the church. So I told you this would be short, and it is. And I'm going to end with this for you. How did Jesus love his disciples? How did he show his love? He died for them. He died for you and for me and for all of us. Why? So that we can be united with him again. He gave all for unity. And he is asking us to love others the same way. We love others for unity. I'm telling you, if the church starts unifying if people walk into one church and see the same consistent message and, and, a, and people loving them the same way everywhere they go, they're going to start to say, this church thing is something. It's not like the world. It's not like being a part of this party or this party or this group where everything's different. But every single door I step through that has a church that proclaims Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior has the same consistent message and the same consistent love. That's where we need to get to. But wait, you say he gave up his life for unity? Yes, and that's the model we have. Are we willing to give up an argument for something that is temporary in order to be unified for eternity? We, are we willing to, to give up an argument in order to win somebody to eternity? Or we, we just want to argue with them in the here and now where it doesn't have any... It doesn't have any chance of existing. It's all going to go away. The only thing that is for us is eternity, and we need to be unified, and they did to see it in us. That's the question we should be asking ourselves today. Are we doing more to unify or divide? And honestly, that comes down to the individual. And I would pray and hope that you would challenge me if you see me doing any of those things. I'm your pastor, um, I've said it many times. Scripture is very clear on those who teach God's word. Um, you don't fool around with that. Some people do. Um, I don't want to end up going to heaven and facing the Father and, and getting reprimanded for many things I did intentionally wrong. So you can hold me accountable to this. We need to unify as a church, not just here. And I'm not saying we're, not, we're, we're pretty close here. Just don't talk about politics, and we're good. <laughs> but out in the world, it would be such a blessing where people could just know that a church is consistent, no matter where they go. It's like it's like your favorite fast food restaurant, right? That's not. This is really not a good analogy. But we are having food. But if you go to a Chick Fil A here or a Chick Fil A across the country, you're going to get the same good food. If you. <laughs> except for Sundays, if you go to a church here that proclaims that they believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and God created him, and he's how we're going to get to heaven, and you get a consistent message everywhere we go, that's what we're doing. Right now, I believe that we look for a revival. I believe that is muted because we are not in unity. Nobody wants to come to another place, another building where there's division. They, they want unity. We need to be that for them. You agree with that? say amen. All right. Hi, Ella. Oh, if you don't don't know by now, our church, we have a lot of young ones, and I love it when they talk and play during the service because there's nothing more beautiful than hearing those young voices in a church today. So I'm so thankful for them, and I'm thankful for you, and um, I think it's about time to eat. Don't you? We're going to have... I think Susie might wanna come up here. Do you wanna give some instruction? I um, we <laughs> And if you don't feel comfortable, because we are still in this COVID age, if you don't feel comfortable hanging out, eating food with us, that's fine. We're not gonna We're going to be unified with you. We're not going to yell at you for leaving, um, but you will miss out on some good food. And also, we're going to ask you as you go through the line back there that you try to maintain some distance between people. If you're a family, sit close together. If you're living with each other and you're in a group, that's fine. But just be careful and be cognizant of other people that may still have um, some issues with this COVID thing, because it is a real thing, okay? Yes, I will bless the food. Thank you. God will bless the food. I'll just ask him to. Father, we just thank you again for who you are. Father, I thank you for those who are here for the first time today. And thank you for our worship leaders and their families, Father, and bless them, Father, for sharing their gifts and their talents and their heart for you with this congregation. Father, I thank you for um, providing this food for us, Father, and thank you for those who brought things in. And Father, I just pray that we have a good time, a unified time talking about you, Father, and just enjoying each other's company, enjoying this meal today. And we are so grateful and blessed. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And thank you for Susie for organizing once again. All right. So we're going to set up some tables.